Hello, and welcome back to the Husker Half Hour. We're your hosts, Ben and Elijah Herbal. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the South Alabama game, questions we had going into the game, and the answers we got, and then why everybody needs to chill the F out. Let's do this thing! into a, another week of the Husker Half Hour, Episode 1. We're going to be talking about South Alabama today. And uh, Ben, just right off the bat, quick impressions before we do a, a deeper dive. Do you have any quick impressions from that game against South Alabama that we can kind of get into later? Yeah, I think it was exciting, obviously. I think we all felt it to be back for Week 1, and uh, the stadium was was excited. Um, but also not the same. I, I was I was going in hoping for the same vibe as the beginning of last year, and obviously that was disappointing. I think the energy in the stadium last year was tremendous. It was huge. Uh, and so we didn't get that. So I think throughout the day my energy kind of just dragged, and then also the team played that way. So The team played like they knew they were playing South Alabama, and sure. the, the crowd, the energy level was what it was like if we were playing South Alabama because we were, and it was also 11 a.m. kickoff. And I, I think overall – not didn't live up to hype, but it didn't. Uh, it didn't really bring the amount of energy that I expected for a first Husker home game. Yeah, we were both both in the atmosphere of the the stadium, um, but also in the atmosphere of I don't know. We were we wanted them to just rip their heads off and just blow them out, and I I think we were all expecting to see second string in the second half, and we didn't get that. Yeah, my, my main theme from Saturday is just in a, a general sense of disappointment. Sure. I, and I, 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 I don't want to be too dramatic with that in terms of, I mean, my disappointment's not huge, Yeah, but th- there is some disappointment. We'll get into that. I don't think I'm not, I'm not like a wailing fan. I'm not like, holy crap, this is all, we were overhyped. We were over this. You guys deserve this. We all deserve this. We got too excited for this and we were let down. I'm not feeling that. I'm just like, ah, shoot. I was just expecting to have a little bit more fun. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a lot of fun. And I think, I think the, the tone of the coaching staff and the players since the game has been the same thing where yeah. they're like, they're like, that wasn't fun. And we're not having fun in practice. Like we are working cause we need to work. Clearly. Yeah, Martina said, um, now in hindsight, it's a little easier to say, but they didn't have a very good week of practice last week leading up to the game. Yeah. And Frost said that as well too. Yeah. Even about Adrian, he said Adrian didn't have his best week going into, into the game either. And it showed Saturday. I think he was trying to do too much. Mm. But let's quickly take you through the synopsis of the game on Saturday. And I think the key stat for me from this game is that the defense and special teams scored 21 points while the offense scored 14. And who would have guessed that? Based on what we saw last year, even based on the hype coming into this year, I don't think anyone expected anything like that, really, where our defense would win us a game as opposed to our offense. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think that I just wasn't expecting touchdowns. I was expecting them to play better. I was expecting them to maybe even get some takeaways. Uh, but to score that many points, put that many points on the board, I think was, was huge. And also affected the dynamic of how the offense played and affected – obviously the dynamic of the whole team. I think the the Husker defense came out a little bit and not, not shocked, but they uh, took them a little bit to get settled into that game. Um, South Alabama had 
two-thirds of their rushing yards in the first quarter. Yeah, their quarterback was kind of running all over us whenever he was he was on those play actions, yeah. Yeah, and uh, by the end of the game, the Husker defense really clamped down, didn't even allow 100 rushing yards, um, did allow 231 yards to the air, um, but we also had the two picks and the two forced fumbles, which is what this defense has been built on. Um, that, that's what it was at UCF. Um, that's what we're looking at now that we're here in Nebraska. We kind of heard this coming to the season is this is not a defense that's built to shut down an offense. This, this is a defense that's allowed to take some snaps, bend, but don't break. Let your offense get some time on the sideline to rest. And uh, The offense had a lot of time to rest on the sideline in this game. Mm-hmm. Our defense was on the field a lot. The, uh, the Husker offense actually had more first downs in the game than they had uh, plays in the second half. Really? Because in the second half they had something ridiculous, like 14 plays or something like that? Yeah, we were in like 14 plays, and throughout the game we had like 15 first downs. Wow. I wish I had the stat in front of me. I should have pulled that up. I'll go back in and, 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 dub and it in. I'll say it, and then it will sound cool. It'll act all natural, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the Husker defense did a lot of 231 yards uh, to a South Alabama quarterback who really didn't blow me away. Um, that's Cephas Johnson. He was didn't blow me away. I made some good throws. Okay. Um, but the, the turnovers helped immensely for that Husker defense. So it was more, it was capitalizing on South Alabama's mistakes, which is, yeah. Yeah. And as I said, if, if it way, wasn't, if it was not for the takeaways, sorry to interrupt you. Okay. If it was not for the takeaways, um, or the putting the points on the board, would you have been excited about Nebraska's defensive output? If those would have been three and outs, if those would have been deflected passes instead of interceptions, how would it have felt? Well, definitely not because then we wouldn't have scored. Yeah. I mean, we, we scored it would have been four, a 14 tight points. game. Yeah, we had the scoop and score, and we had the pick six. Yeah. So uh, it would have been a tight game. But also, the, the closeness of the game stems more from our offense ineptness and our defense giving up yards. Uh, of the 21 points from South Alabama, 14, two touchdowns were set up off of Nebraska turnovers mm. uh, from, from the offensive side, I guess I should say, where gave them a short field, they scored. Okay, our defense isn't built to ever stop a team on a short field. Mm-hmm. If we're on a short field, I'm expecting us to give up a score nine times out of ten. That's not where our defense is built on. Our defense is built to let them get the ball at the 20, maybe let them get a first down or two, get under the 50-yard line, hopefully punt, give your offense some time, mm-hmm. maybe get a pick at that 50-yard line every once in a while. That, that's what the defense is built on. It worked at UCF. That's how they beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago, and that's what this Nebraska defense wants to be now. Yeah. Uh, Elijah, if you think, obviously, analyzing this game and looking at their offense and our defense – I was pretty excited about the amount of pressure we got on their quarterback. Um, some blitz packages that looked really good. Some corner blitzes. Some uh, safety outside linebacker blitzes. Um, our defensive line creating some, making some moves and in, in getting in after the quarterback or uh, stopping the run. Um, if this, I mean, this, are you still excited about this moving forward into Big Ten play? Like, is how do you feel about that? I said this in the show last week where I said. I was concerned that we didn't have somebody who's a true game wrecker on defense. Sure. Someone in that front seven who could be a true game wrecker. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I can foresee Nebraska getting most of their pressure through blitz packages and bringing uh, more guys than the offense can handle. That's how we're going to get our, our pressure. And that's what I saw. Um, whenever we did have pressure, there seemed to be a, a free cornerback coming, a free safety coming. We had Cam Taylor come from the nickel and get that huge uh, hit to force the fumble and get the scoop and score. Cam Taylor, what's his hyphenated? Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt, which is a sweet story. Anybody should go and we won't talk about that today, but go look up uh, why he now has a hyphenated last name. Really sweet. We also had Lamar Jackson come off the edge and force a fumble in the, right. uh, the first quarter. 
Yep. Um, that's that's where our pressure came from, which isn't unexpected for me. I just want to know how we're going to do against a team with a cohesive offensive line like Wisconsin that's probably be better at picking up those blitzes. Right, or at the the end of the season, we're playing Iowa. They got some some big boys on the offensive line. Uh, what are, what's our defensive line going to look like? What's what? A, whenever the, I, I don't know how incompetent their offensive line was at picking up those sorts of things, and like some of those, like the on Cam Taylor's blitz, he was just absolutely free like oh, didn't get yeah. picked up at all the tackle bit down um and he just ran right around the outside i, I think that offensive line of south alabama was a weak point look I mean, did you see the right tackle he looked like he was smaller than cam jerkins which is saying something like mm-hmm. they do look like he was a freshman in college probably 265 270 and alex davis uh did kind of what he wanted and alex davis has been known in his Nebraska career for not being a great pass rusher and he looked like a great pass rusher on saturday yeah. so i would like to see i know Colorado's offensive line is better than South Alabama. That's a question I still have as we go into the Colorado week, which we'll get into later. But that that was a major question answered for me was how are we going to get pressure? I suspected it was going to be off of uh, blitz packages, scheme, stuff like that. But I kind of want to see how it's going to go as we play better and better offensive lines. Okay, we're pulling away from what we started out doing, which was analyzing the game. Yeah, I, uh, I, I talked about the defense, so let's get yeah, into you said You said the first thing that you noticed was uh, the defense stepping up. Like, that mm-hmm. was the biggest stat you noticed looking at the game. Let's get back into that. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll go now. Second big thing I take away from the game was Martinez was trying to do way too much. Hmm. I don't think Martinez had a bad game, per se. Um, people said he looked slow, he looked out of shape, he looked like his head wasn't in the game. Moment, I don't think it was that. Moments last year where we were, where he would have just bolted out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. If if the pass block was breaking down, he would have gotten out of there. It seemed like he maybe was indecisive taking off. It, it seemed that this year he had a solid, um, a solid pocket in front of him, and he got happy feet. And I think that was a product of him wanting to do too much because he knows he's playing South Alabama. He knows, ooh, there's 10 to 1 Heisman odds for me this year. And I think he would be looking for the big throw more. Um, he did have that interception on the seam route, which he threw into triple coverage. Mm-hmm. And, or he tried to float it right over the top. And I encourage anyone to go back and look at that because there is somebody seven yards downfield on the sideline waving his hand, saying, throw the ball to me because there's no one within 10 yards of him. Uh, Martinez misses him, uh, throws it into triple coverage, and gets picked. And I think that was kind of a, a perfect way to show the game for Martinez was – it was, it was missed opportunities because he was trying to do too much. He'd get through his first read, maybe look at his second read. If it wasn't there, he'd get happy feet and he'd try to scramble. And they, they were doing quarterback spying him all game. So um, not not Martinez's best game in high school uniform, not his worst. Yeah. Um, Michigan, I think, last year was his worst. Coming off the injury, uh, first game back against a really good Wolverine defense. Um, that The defense is obviously better than South Alabama. So I think it's probably a more disappointing result um, this past week for him, which I think gives motivation. Um but I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as... So that's important enough to be a top top three takeaway from the game for you. Yes. This is number two is Adrian Martinez. Yeah, and I, I think he had an off game, and I, I don't think it's it's reaction time. It's kind of... He's still a young quarterback. He's still a, a true sophomore. He's 19 mm-hmm. years old. I don't think he's turned 20 yet, mm-hmm. um, which means how is he going to adjust his own game knowing, looking back at his film and going, okay, I was trying to do too much. I just need to slow it down. Yeah. Take it play by play. Um, how many... To counter your point, how many of those, you know, there wasn't a lot of plays being called that he could really razzle and dazzle anyway. Like, how many plays were there where he could really get confidence or, like, there was really no option Mm -hmm. running game at all, Uh, no crazy pass routes. That goes along with chill the F out at the end of this episode. Okay, we'll we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it, but Scott Frost didn't open that playbook. Sure. Scott Frost was not giving Colorado anything. He was not giving Ohio State anything. 
all the future Big Ten posts, he was not going to give them anything against South Alabama. Generally speaking, he ran about six play concepts, which may be a bit of an exaggeration, but there, there was not that much he opened up. He said in his post-game press conference um, that there were games, most of the games last year, uh, he had more installed, ready for the offense to go than he did for the South Alabama game. Very limited playbook. And that, that's my third main takeaway but, from this game is just it's not as bad as it seems. So what we what we can say about Adrian Martinez is that there was no spark provided because of him being on the field. No. There was no, like, he didn't give any energy. He didn't put the team on his back and make things happen when nothing else was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with Adrian, with the offensive line, with the overall scoreboard, we need to chill out. That's your point number three. Yeah, just chill out. It's usually the offensive line. We, we got the win. We're in the win column. That's all that matters. They have the film that they can go watch. It wasn't their they weren't trying to do too much that game. Um, I think if Scott Frost really wanted to go open up his playbook and go try to have the best game of offense he's ever had in his life against South Alabama, he could have done it. We would have won by more. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wasn't willing to do that. Playbook was limited. South Alabama kind of knew it was coming at times. Do you feel it's like okay. re- reminiscent of the Troy game last year? No. Not at no. all? Um, Troy was so much more shooting ourselves in the foot, mm-hmm. whereas this game was just much more bleh. It kind of seemed like we didn't want to be out there offensively. Right. Whereas Troy, we'd get out there and then we'd have a personal foul call. We'd get a pick and then we'd get an unsportsmanlike conduct and move us back 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Dumb stuff like that that shot ourselves in the foot and then we'd make a mistake here or there and then boom, you got a punt and we lose the game. Whereas this this past game, we it was just so bleh. Every, everything about the offense was just bleh. The play calling was bleh. Martinez's play was bleh. Dedrick Mills had two touchdowns, but his overall game was like bleh. Maurice Washington looked like the best player on our offense by a long shot. His legal status is still up in the air, so that's scary. But he missed a half, which is blah, because of legal issues. Like, come on, dude. Wandale Robinson, even, he, he was getting a lot of love on social media after the game. Eh. Really? That's counter well, we, to what we, people we, are we saying? We made it there, but I, I looked at that and I went, it's South Alabama. He's probably fashion every single player on that field. I'd hope he can do well. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh, he had 140 all-purpose yards. Um, 70 of those? Over half were return yards. Yeah. Do those really count? Yeah, but really he had 30 yards rushing and a little over 50 yards receiving. Like, not any earth-shattering numbers. He's going to be playing better teams this year. And I get it. You need a game to get accustomed. I think he's still going to be a good credit to offense. He wasn't the most impressive player on that offense, which is what I'm hearing a lot on social media. A lot of people on social media are saying he was the the lone bright spot in that offense. I don't think that's true at all. Hmm. Wow. So, hot takes recapping for us, Elijah. Point one was point one was defense looks really good. This is what they've been trying to build with this defense was that performance right that, there. That, that was probably the best defensive performance Nebraska's had under Eric Schnander. Yep. Point um, two. Point two is it wasn't as bad as it looked for the offense in Adrian Martinez. Um Adrian Martinez did not look good. No. Chill out. He had limited opportunities, limited options. He was trying to do too much at times, and he'll learn from it. It's week one. We got the win, that's all that matters. And then um Point three. point three is just overall, generally, let's wait and see. Yeah, Chill out, wait and see. It's one game. Um, we didn't open up the playbook or anything for this game. And I don't think Scott Frost probably went in with that major of a game. I don't think he went and watched all mm-hmm. of South Alabama's film from last year. Expecting. It's, it's game one. You're not always sure what you're going to well, see from a team. Did you see what else he said was that um, he thought they might have over-schemed. Where they were really? look, they were looking at South Alabama's um, stuff from last year, and then they came in with new formations and new looks to the game. 
Um, and I think that's partially in the post game why he was he was crediting their their coaching staff. Man, they came in with a good game plan for, uh, for us. And then in the press conference today or yesterday, he said uh, we might have been over scheming because suddenly the stuff we had schemed up wasn't working on on the, their new look. Yeah, I hadn't seen so, that. No. Yeah. Um, that's that's a good point. Then uh, that makes a lot of sense because last year they were a power run team. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, power run, run the ball, and then this year they come out spreading it out, which makes sense. Uh, that that could be a reason why, but generally chill out. All right, Elijah, let's move on. We got 30 minutes. We got to get this all in. So let's talk briefly about the big questions that we, you and I, and a lot of Husker Nation had going into the game. And if we got any answers, yes, no, or uh, we don't know yet. Still to be determined. Yeah, still to be to be determined. And we'll we'll hit that for a bit, and then we'll we'll finish up with everybody chill out. So uh, for me, uh, one of the biggest questions going into it was uh, Mo Washington. What's that going to look like? What's uh, there's a lot of people's questions going into it. It was so much of a hot topic that I think every single time Scott got asked about it in a press conference, he was yeah, got a little angry. He was like, "I'm done answering questions on this because I don't know." He he doesn't know. I'm tired of hearing questions about it. I, I, I get it, Scott Frost. Yeah, I, I'd be in the same boat as him too. Yeah, and we finally learned on Saturday that it was a one half game suspension, which seems to have been levied more by the the rest of the athletic department as opposed to the coaching staff. Scott Frost said it was a, it was a joint decision between the coaching staff and the athletic department. Um, my intuitive hat based on just his tone, whenever he said that makes me think the athletic department came to you on Thursday and said, all right, we need something. Yeah. Um, a half game, game suspension started. is kind of silly oh, against South sure. Alabama. Oh, if you sure. wanted to make it a punishment that was meaningful, either don't let him play the whole game or I don't know a game that's meaningful. Like half. That's just it's an complete, annoyance. It's a complete cop out to me. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, yeah. He's in some legal issues right now. He may have done something wrong. We don't know. We got to do something. We got to do something to save face because like TV's gonna be like, oh, this all happened. He's not even suspended. What's going on here? Yet half game suspension just kind of a uh, make it look good. Slap on the wrist. Slap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so so the, the news out of today from Reese Washington was that he had a preliminary court date today, uh, and. In that court day today, they have again moved the uh, this. It's, it's the same thing. They've moved it back, and they're going to be doing it in October during our bye week, uh, where he was going to be out in California, and they're going to set a date for the first. Um, basically, they decide whether this there's enough evidence for this to even go to trial, or they just get thrown out. Right. So they're going to decide that date in October, which means, as of right now, it looks like Maurice Washington should be good to play most of the season. Yeah, that date won't get set until October. It's probably going to be a couple months after that after October that he's going to have time to, to fit a date in. Um, so expect to see Maurice Washington the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the, that's the news out of today. Uh, man, this thing is not operating on NCAA college football schedule. <laughs> um, um, but, but based on Mo's performance on Saturday, I think he is the, the biggest spark on our offense. Right. I was about to say that. So uh, an answer to this question is, well, one, is he going to play? We got a yes. And as soon as he did play in the second half, you saw the difference that made. Instant X factor. I think we talked about it last week. We talked about like the fire and ice combo mm-hmm. of him and Dedrick Mills, and the fire and ice combo did not exist whenever it was Dedrick Mills and Wyatt Missouri. No, not at all. Um, so you could see the difference when it was Dedrick Mills paired with uh, Mo Washington. Man, Dedrick Mills took. It felt like a lot of times there was, took three guys to bring him down. He was bouncing off of guys. He was running hard. Um, he he'd thump through a dude they'd hold on for dear life and it'd take another guy to come over and finally wrestle him right he, he was leaning forward um which is great but it wasn't the same as whenever mo washington came in it's, and it's not mo washington on like a, a, an inside zone where he can pick a hole make a move in the uh in the hole get outside and make a run for the sideline um 
just dynamic. That's what that's my word for Maurice Washington. He's a dynamic force on this offense. And if he were to not play this season, he'd be a bigger loss than any of the graduating seniors last year. Wow. All right. I'll, I'll put that out there. Is that if we lose him for this season, he will be a bigger loss. That he'll be a bigger loss than Divine Zigbo. He'll be a bigger loss than Stanley Morgan. He'll be a bigger loss than Gerald Foster. He'll because of because of what he offers this team this year, or because of because of what he offers this team this year, and because what the team is lacking in this year. Yes, it's it's a replaceability factor. You're saying you would rather take Maurice Washington this year than Divine Zigbo back for another year. Um. Yes. Hmm. You would say that, which is maybe a different question than he would be a bigger loss. That's maybe a bigger question than it's 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 not what I was getting at. Yeah, but I will say I think I would rather have Maurice Washington this year than Divine Zigbo. Wow, all right, legend. I think Maurice Washington brings an X factor to this team. Yeah, and and Dedrick Mills can fill that fill role part of Divine of, as, of Divine's role enough. Yeah, that Maurice just becomes huge because there's, then there's no there's no sprinkle on top of the, there's no sprinkles on top of the Sunday. No, yeah, 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 yeah sprinkle yeah, on exactly. top of the Sunday. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Dedrick just, Mills is that chocolate sauce. On the Sunday, I was thinking he's he, he he's he's the ice cream in there. He's the ice cream. He's solid. Uh-huh. You know what you're gonna get every single time. Okay. You know he he's good to get you a couple yards. But then you, see, you know what? No, Maurice Washington is the chocolate sauce, and then Wanda Robinson is the sprinkle on top. Oh, that's because good, yeah. he is less vital. <laughs> but a nice little a nice, nice little, little addition. Thing. Yeah, it's it's like salt bay with like the salt on top. Yeah, and I'm doing the motion right now. You guys can't see that. Yeah, but I'm doing the motion. That's what it sprinkling is. Sprinkling on top. Is the, the meat is the bulk of that of that meal there. But yeah. then to see Salt Bay do like the the mm-hmm. thing with the 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 the, the, the wrist, arm the, and like the salt snack. cascading uh-huh, down, uh-huh. the salt makes the meat taste better, yeah, and also just looks so beautiful, mm-hmm. and that's what Juan Dale is to this offense. Wow. Thank you. All right, call it a wrap. <laughs> um, no, cool. But, so that's so, one big question. That's one big question. Big question number two, which I already got into, was how are we gonna get pressure on the quarterback? I think I talked about that enough. It's scheme. Yeah. How is that going to be? It's scheme and it's personnel. Scheme and it's personnel. Don't you think? Yeah. How, how is that going to translate to Big Ten offenses? Yeah. That's a question. To be determined. Yeah. So that, 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 that's going to be a question throughout the next about five weeks. Is as the offensive lines we play get better, will scheme and personnel be enough to get pressure on the quarterback? Yeah. We, we kind of learned last year at times, no. Mm-hmm. There, there were a lot of times when quarterbacks had a lot of time to throw last year. Yeah. Um, I don't expect Colorado to be a game where he's got a whole bunch of time to throw. Uh, Colorado's offensive line was weak last year. They haven't brought in anyone new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be a similar story this year where we can bring scheme and personnel in. Especially to, now to that we can, we can bring in new looks that they didn't even see from us last year. Mm-hmm. Um, our guys understand the scheme better. Um, they they have confidence. I think, if anything, the defense has confidence. Yeah. Like, they came into the game with a swagger. Uh, they came into the game with more uh, personality than the offense did. You could see it on the sideline after they got off the field. But, uh, if anything... I think they have a confidence going into the rest of the season. They they play now with like the confidence of wow, that's that's what we worked for all off season. That's what we put out there, and now let's go for it. And now it's just a waiting game. Is it going to work against Ohio State? I'd like to think so, but it's to be determined. All right, Elijah. Uh, question that we had going in after seeing the, the two deep, there was that shock of seeing Cam Jurgens at the center position, or just looking at the line in general. Um, it's what a lot of people are talking about now, um, which was the performance of the line in the game, and leading into what Fr- Scott Frost said was one of the most anemic uh, performances he had had on offense. Um, which is, a, I think, an accurate way to put it. That yes, yeah. let's not fun to let's watch. talk about that O line, and uh, not to single him out too bad, but Cam Jurgens. Let's talk about talk about that whole situation. So, Cam Jurgens, he's got potential to be great. I think Farniak impressed him more. Uh, Jurgens was on a snap count. He's still the one center going into week two. 
and I expect to see him out there in the first series. You got to give him another chance. Um, he was going up against a guy 50 pounds heavier than him all game. That South Alabama nose guard was just a unit. Not fast, not overly strong, not overly athletic, but he's tough to move. And whenever you're a center who has not snapped the ball all that much, and you have this guy who outweighs you by 40, 50 pounds in front of you, it's not shocking to me to see missed snaps. Especially whenever you're trying to get the jump on this guy. Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you've played center before, you know that. You know that that nose guard has to get moved. You, you can't just do any positional blocking on that nose guard. Yeah. That nose guard has to get moved out of there. And as soon as you snap that ball, he's going to be in your face. He's going to be in your face. So I understand a couple of high snaps. High snaps, especially, especially if he's especially leaning forward. Yeah. Leaning forward, and then he's a guy who's only been center for nine months. Yeah, for nine months, but also practicing for two weeks. Yeah, truly. He's, he hasn't been involved in fall camp. Give him some time. Um, I would have liked to see Farniak start against uh, Colorado and give Jurgens a little more time, let him get a little more healthy, let him get it figured out. Um, we'll see how practice looks this week. I think mm-hmm. in the he had a, a press conference today where he said, hey, I know my mistakes. They're all fixable. Yes. And I think that's true. And Hymas said a similar thing in his press conference. Um, I'll, I'll give you the exact quote. He says, the offense line is focused on playing fast as a group and wiping away individual errors. Uh, he then wanted to say that the fixes should be easy and uh, shouldn't be – anything that's like too they have to change up what they're doing it should be little small tweaks that should make the offensive line look a lot better it, it looks like a lot of times we just couldn't get anybody out of the way yeah um it, it wasn't they were ever south alabama never really blew up that many plays just uh, got muddled on the inside yeah it got muddled mm-hmm. up the inside where uh, jerkins didn't get movement off the ball um and then he's kind of the rest of the line is pushed forward and Jurgens is still on the line, and it forces Diedrich Mills to make a cut he doesn't want to make, and it's a gain of three instead of a gain of seven. I also think that it's they're a very easy position group to attack in looking at the performance of the offense. Like as I've talked to, as I've heard just fans talking, I think a go-to of people who don't really have a lot to say about it will say, "Man, we looked bad. That offensive line sucked." And I think they're like an easy group to pick out of saying, "Like that was a group that looked bad," hmm. which, for what it's worth warranted also there's more to the story than just saying our offensive line sucks this year i think there's more than that i think there's room for our offensive line to improve this year let's see where it goes the offensive line is a group that really um thrives whenever there's cohesion and a group that's worked together for a long time mm-hmm. they, they thrive especially in pass blocking scenarios and this is a group that's been really mixed and matched throughout fall camp yep. so give them time um if we stay with this one offensive line with jurgens at center um Expect to see them get better as the weeks go on, especially in pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I thought pass blocking was good, good. not great. Yeah, um, Martinez had a lot of time whenever he did scramble, and there were times where I think Martinez made the offensive line look bad because he would scramble straight into blitzers, mm-hmm. and he would if he was stayed set in the pocket, uh, he would have been safe. So give it time. Look at the offensive line last year. We improved. Uh, that was a, a talking point of last year. Was as the year went on, they had more time to gel and give it time. Give it time. Let this offensive line gel. Yep. Another question was, uh, going into the game, we didn't know who was going to be a reliable wide receiver besides J.D. Spielman. Uh, we all knew, I mean, there's hype behind J.D. Spielman coming into the year um, into South Alabama. We know J.D. is going to be a part of the game plan. He's going to make plays. Is there anybody else that's going to be reliable? Was that answered? No. no. I have not had that question answered to me yet. Uh, Ken Wainoa was targeted twice pretty much. He got overthrown once in the end zone. He got once uh, where there's another one uh, on like a sideline. He got missed. Uh, I don't think that Martinez targeted enough guys out there. And that could have been play calling from Frost. But with only 13 completions from Martinez, I believe. Let me check the stats. Yeah, thir- he was 13 of 22 for 178 yards. Uh, five of those completions were to Wandale. 
Um, another couple were to JD. He didn't have Cade Warner, who's been apparently been a good weapon. Um, no, 13 completions is not enough for me to say there's another consistent threat out there. Mike Williams has a chance. Jack Stoll, even though he's tight end, could be uh, a pretty good option to be that, that second guy. It's to be determined. Uh, I have a better idea now of who it could be. I think it could be Stoll. I think it could be Kinoi Noah. I think it could be Mike Williams. It could be Wandale, but uh, it, no no one's risen it to It seems top like yet. a whole committee of people who are st- still clearly a step below JD in terms of playmaking ability. With last year, it was a clear Stanley Morgan one, mm-hmm. uh, JD Spielman two, host of guys three. Yeah, exactly. now, now it's JD, JD host of guys. I think a second guy needs to step up, and it needs to be proven before Ohio State week. Yeah. Speaking of that, really briefly, I think uh, from what I did see from Wandale, I'm going to counter what you said earlier a little bit. I was excited about it. I think he brought a spark to uh, the special teams specifically. I haven't seen like kick returns look like that in a little while. And I know, again, we're playing uh, South Alabama. Their kick coverage is not great. That punt return, their coverage was horrible um, whenever that was JD running it back. Um, but I think Wandale seems to enough potential where I said, wow, okay, I think this guy is a playmaker. And I think he's bringing something here. We talked about, he's the sprinkle on top. He's the sprinkle spark of the Sunday. And I, I agree with that. All the points you're making here, hundred percent. My difference is the way he actually played this weekend. Yeah. It showed potential, but how just based on his play this weekend, if I can look at it mm-hmm. without seeing a year, without seeing that he's this touted new guy coming in, I thought average performance, nothing all that special. Um, but when you look at it, when you take a step back and you say, this guy's a freshman, mm-hmm. he's going to develop throughout this year. He's going to get better. Uh, he's not going to have a Rondell Moore-esque year last year. That's what some Husker fans wanted or expected, mm-hmm. was they wanted some guy who's going to come in and he'd go off for 200 yards in a game. No, you're not going to get that from Wandale this year. Maybe you'll get that in three years. Mm-hmm. That's, g- that's g- the big point. Give it some time. That's the big point. He's a freshman. Wandale's time is not now. Sure. Um, all right, Elijah. So, final. Let's give it um, one and a half minutes. Let's close it out with everyone needs to – Chill the f out. That's what I say. Oh yeah, it's 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 it was absurd the amount of stuff I saw on Twitter where people were saying, "Well, that was just like bad." How are we ranked? National media ruined us. National media Husker fans weren't excited going into this year. National media ruined it for us. That mm-hmm. was a bad. We're not. We're bad. <laughs> we're not bad. Uh, it's the first game of the year. How many times will come out and just have an awful performance week one? And then they go in and they clean it up in film, and it's the motivation they need for the rest of their season. It's it's a lot of teams. This this is not an issue. It's yeah, we put in a disappointing performance against South Alabama, but Iowa went in and put a disappointing performance against uh, uh, Ohio. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Miami, Miami of Ohio. Ohio. Put in a disappointing performance. Kind of took him until the fourth. Uh, it happens. It's 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 a small concern of mine. If we go in next week to Colorado and we look bad, then it's, it's reason for concern, yeah. but it's just so early in the season. It's one game. They came in with a good game plan against us. We, I don't think came in with a special game plan for them. Scott Frost didn't open the playbook. He's want to show anything. There's a, a whole combination especially, of factors, especially in the second half where we're up because of what the defense and special teams have done. Uh, and we're going to try to run down the clock. We're not going to try to throw in out anything crazy. Well, you know, whenever you're up 14 points in the third quarter, you don't need to do anything besides a run plan first down. That's simple. Run plan second down. That's simple. And then a simple passing concept. Right. Because you, you want to get that completion on third down. And if you don't get the first down, it's okay. You can punt it away. Clock keeps rolling. And that's where South Alabama stacks the box. They bring, they stop us. We put us in, they put us as Scott Frost said in the post game, they put us in bad second down positions. Yeah, bad down uh, and distance. Yeah. And so I think the whole way the game ended up playing out contributed to the way we looked in the second half. So everyone needs to just chill, chill out. Chill out. We're good there. 
Let's 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 be excited about going to Colorado. Let's trust that our coaches and our players are the type of players and coaches who are going to practice well this week. That are going to use that to be a fire because they're already pissed off about what happened in the Colorado game last year. They've already they're all already what did what did uh, Travis Fisher say? They're already pissing fire. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, like, or something like that. Like what makes us. Uh, like what makes our piss hot or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we're going to this game with Colorado. Let's trust it. Let's get excited. Let's go to Boulder. Uh, let's let's take the, take the city red to Boulder. Give the team some support. They're going to have a good week of practice. I'm confident in that. And they can go put in a good result on Saturday yeah. with some Husker fan support. And you know what's going to happen? Stay, it, stay behind these In guys. a couple of weeks, we're going to be going into the game with Ohio State, and our expectations are going to be super high again because we're going to play well this weekend. This is my hot take. We're going to play well this weekend. Uh, we're going to get confidence again. We're going to have all the Kool-Aid back that we had before because uh, the whole playbook is going to be open. The defense is going to be playing with the same fire, and we're going to be going in in a couple of weeks to Ohio State with way too high of expectations. Um, and I think – that's how I'm feeling right now. That was a uh, good episode, man. Yeah, Nebraska goes in to Colorado this week as three-point favorites. Bet the over. Bet the over. Like Bet it. the over. All right, Elijah. Take that one. Anyway. You're a gambling man. Thanks for tuning in for episode one this week uh, of the Husker Half Hour. We've got two more episodes talking about the rivalry with Colorado and previewing that Colorado game. So uh, we can't wait to see you there. And subscribe. Make sure to subscribe so you stay up to date on all of our episodes. Yeah, and if you don't subscribe, I'll be sad. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>